preach on the second half, the, the less preached chapter, just in the minutes that we have tonight, of faith, promise, giving. Of course, chapter 8 of the, in the previous chapter is the main chapter that's used in faith, promise, giving, and understanding it. There's several other passages of Scripture, Acts chapter 11, Romans 15, Philippians 4, that we'll look at in a few moments. But um, we want to read verses 9 through 15, the entire chapter of uh, chapter 9, of course, the second half, the lesser known portion, I'm afraid, of this faith promise giving uh, plan that God has laid out here in the Word of God. I'm going to let you remain seated, and I'm going to read the scripture, but I trust that you'll follow along as I read. And uh, so let's begin here in verse number 1, and follow along, please, as I read. For as touching the ministering to the saints... It's superfluous for us or for me to write to you, Paul said, for I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia, Corinth is in Achaia for the record, southern Greece, if you will, was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf. That as I said, ye may be ready, lest haply if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we, that we say not ye, should be ashamed in the same confident boasting. Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, your gift, your love gift to the church at Jerusalem, whereof ye had noticed before that the name that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not of as of covetousness. But this I say, in fact, verse 6 is one of the key verses. So let's read that together. Ready? Here we go. Ready? But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Verse 7 is a very good verse. Pay attention, please. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Amen. And verse 8 is a great verse too, so let's read that together. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both ministereth bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, or liberality, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want or lack of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgiving unto God. In other words, God is well pleased. Verse 13 whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men, and by your prayers for you which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. In verse 15, it's a famous verse. Let's read that together. Ready? Thanks be to, unto God for his unspeakable gift. One more time. Ready? Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. I just want to have a lesson tonight. I just want to 
Uh, I don't think we can be reminded enough about faith promise giving. I want to preach a message, just teach it tonight here in the minutes that we have. Brother Tony's got a, a series of messages planned. Um, I'm not, I don't think they're on 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. I could be wrong. He told me his subject, and uh, I think he's going to be out, go, go throughout the Bible. So I wanted to spend some time looking at this, this famous passage of Scripture, and then Wednesday night will be our last message in preparation, personal preparation as a church as we go into our missions conference. Let's make our prayer one more time. Heavenly Father, now in the minutes that we have, Lord, give your people attentiveness, Lord, and speak to hearts. Lord, I know faith comes by hearing and hear by the word of God. And Lord, for the many people that are not here for whatever reason, Lord, they uh, are going to miss out on hearing the, the truth of faith, promise, or grace giving. Lord, bless them tonight. But Lord, bless the hearers tonight of your word, and we'll thank you for it. Bless our church as we give, uh, Lord, and as we go into this faith, promise, missions conference, we pray. And I ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. I've said this for many years. I really, truly believe that, that uh, the Lord has been very good to our church, astoundingly good to our church over these 33-plus years. And sometimes we, sometimes we take it for granted. Sometimes we think it's passe to say, but we should always be thankful for the blessings of God. God's taking care of us. He's provided for every need. I want you to turn as we begin quickly to turn to Philippians chapter 4. As you're turning there, the churches of Macedonia that we read about in 2nd Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, now that we beseech the churches of Macedonia, that would be in reference to the church at Philippi, the church at Thessalonica. Of course, we have two books to the Thessalonians, and the church at Berea, and we read about the church at Berea, and that was more noble than those of Thessalonica, and that they searched the word of God daily. All three of these churches, the church at Berea, Thessalonica, and Philippi were poor churches. They were in the mountain country known as Macedonia, northern, what we would say today is northern Greece or the very western extreme of Asia Minor, of course. And these churches were poverty-stricken. I was driving through this snow. I'm not casting it. I'm just saying um, several months ago, and many of you know I've taken several trips out to Ohio lately, and one time I took a trip out to Ohio going on the Highway 86 through New York. Uh, Jane knows that area a little bit, I'm sure. And it uh, used to be old Route 17, now it's an interstate. And there is a lot of wilderness once you get into the Catskills. And for about 200 miles, all the way to Horseheads, New York, and a little farther, Elmira, New York, there's this major wilderness. And I don't want to be castigating, I'm just simply saying there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of poverty, quite frankly. A lot of, uh, it's not Appalachia country per se, but uh, a lot of poverty. And yet, uh, there were these churches here, the church at Philippi, the church at Thessalonica, and the church at uh, Berea. They were poor places, very persecuted places, the churches were. And they didn't have a lot. They, had, they were in deep poverty, the Bible tells us. And yet they were some of the greatest givers to grace this grace-giving program that was given, this money that was given to the poor church at, at uh, Jerusalem, thanks to at least three famines that history records in the 40s and 50s. That's A.D. 40 and 50, of course. But I want you to notice, if you could, just in way of introduction, Philippians 4 and verse number 15, Paul says, Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated or distributed or gave to me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Paul was a missionary, he was a tent maker at the same time, but he was uh, 
uh, he only had a couple churches that were supporting him. And this church at Philippi was one of them. For even in Thessalonica, he sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, that I, uh, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And then verse number, well, 18, but I have all and abound, I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the, the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. In verse 19, again, a famous verse, it's reference to this church at Philippi that God took care of them in a wonderful way. And let's read it together, ready? But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, I see Brother Rich up there in the balcony, and I, uh, Brother Rich and I were in a certain place on Friday, got to see his mom and dad. Brother Rich, this just popped in my head, I just want to say this. Brother Rich Starry's mother we had a great time with her. She was in prison in a place called Auschwitz for five years. Can you imagine that as a girl? Amazing story. But anyhow, back to the real original story. I just wanted to throw that in. It had nothing to do with the point. But someday I'll tell you more about that. I'd like to visit with her again. But uh, Rich and I popped into another pastor. And uh, we'll leave my name. Rich obviously knows who I'm talking about, of course. He's a nice guy. And... Uh, I know, I don't know if he's on support from his denomination now, but I know for many, 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 many years he was on mission support here to Torrington, Connecticut. And don't ask me who I'm talking about after the service, I won't tell you, because uh, I'm, I'm, but uh, God, in the meantime, God has taken care of us in a wonderful way. I remember meeting this pastor, and he's a kind man again. I don't want to be disparaging, but uh, he came with full support. Uh, not bragging or boasting. I mean, this is God that took care of us, but I worked for the first seven and a half years, 40 hours a week for the first seven and a half years of our ministry here. And, but God supplied all of our need. Today we have a building. We have a blessing. We have nine and a half acres. And we have a congregation. And we have 21 missionaries. And we have, we have so much to be thankful for. Why did that happen? I would give the postulate tonight here that going back to 2 Corinthians 9 now, that because we have provided for missions that God has provided for us, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so I thank God for the fact that we've been able to give over a million dollars now to Faith Promise Missions in these last 30 years. In one way, that's not a lot. In other ways, it's a lot of money. And the Bible says, Jesus, or rather it's recorded in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus said, given it shall be what? Given unto you. Now, you don't give to get, but it's a byproduct. Oftentimes, given it shall be good, given shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give it in your bosom, for the same measure you meet wherewithal it shall be measured to you again. And so tonight, in just uh, spot, just going through this chapter here, not verse by verse for time's sake, but looking at the highlight verses, so I want, we see a challenge, part two of the challenge to this church, this local church at Corinth. Now, most of you know. Corinth was the richest, materially speaking, church of all the churches that are written about in our New Testament. Sadly, ironically, and I think there's a parallel, there's a, there's a, there's a tie-in, the richest church was also the most carnal church. Now, I don't want to make this comparison, but I'll make the first part of the comparison. We that live in Connecticut, we that live in northwest Connecticut, we have been blessed by God financially, and all God's people said we really have. We're, we're really, we don't think of ourselves as rich, but we're better off than many people. 
I made an illusion that I did a 10-state swing here in five days last couple weeks ago. And uh, we went through some more poor sections of our country. And uh, we, we live in nice, facil- nice houses, most of us, and a nice, uh, nice place to live, uh, materially speaking, monetarily speaking. God's blessed us. And so I want to give us a challenge tonight as Paul challenged his church at Corinth. Let's begin in verse number one. For as touching the ministering to the saints, Paul said it is superfluous or not necessary or at the same time it's important for me to write to you. That word has several meanings, but it means we think of the word not not necessary or unnecessary. But it also means you already know it. You already know how blessed you've been, church at Corinth, and I hope Harvest Baptist Church knows how blessed we've been. For I know the forwardness of your mind, or the ability or the the desire to to give towards missions. There's, There's a desire that all of us have to be right with God, I hope, and give towards uh, things of God and the work of God, of course. Uh, sometimes we have a willing mind, but we don't uh, follow through. We go back to chapter, uh, just glance into the previous chapter, verse 11, it says, now therefore perform the doing of it. I have a little note in my Bible, just do it, the Nike commercial. You know, it's one thing to have a desire and a forwardness in your mind to, I'm going to do this, I'm going to give towards faith promise missions, for example. It's another thing to actually do it, amen? And so, uh, for, the, for verse number two, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia that Achaia was ready a year ago. Now, by the way, that phrase, a year ago, you see it again in chapter, in the previous chapter, verse 10. And uh, we see this, this is where we get our principle of a faith promise commitment to the Lord through his local church for a period of one year. This is why we do this for one year. Uh, I think it's an extrapolation. I think it's an application. I don't think you can make a hard and fast rule, but it's a good principle. And they, they, they sent messengers a year earlier, Titus being one of them, previous chapter, and they encouraged them to give to the, uh, to the poor saints at Jerusalem, and they said, we're coming back in a year. And your zeal hath provoked very many, Paul says. Verse number three, yet have I sent the brethren lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that, as I said, ye may be ready, lest happily if they of Macedonia uh, come with me and find you unprepared, we, that's Paul and uh, Barnabas, and uh, there was eight of them actually in all totality as we read the other passages of Scripture, said we're traveling together in this uh, second missionary journey entourage, he says, when we come, verse number four it is again, notice the parentheses, that we say, that we say not ye, he said, listen, you might not be embarrassed, but we're going to be embarrassed if you don't come through with the money that you said you were going to come through with. Lest we should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that ye would go before unto you or they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof he, he had noticed before that the same uh, might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. And there is a Christian bounty. There's a Christian, uh, we're, we're laying up our bounty. We're laying up treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not corrupt. And I want you to know some of our, some of our giving 
the fruit of our giving, some of it, in fact, a large amount of it, in fact, a very large amount of it, that we're going to see, we'll see some on this earth, I believe that, but we'll see the large amount of it in heaven. This world is not our home. We're going to see our bounty when we get to heaven, and we'll say uh, it was worth it all. Instead of it will be worth it all, it was worth it all. But I want you to notice verse number six. But this I say, in uh, verse number six, notice a simple fact. A simple fact. But this I say, he which showeth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which showeth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Uh, you know, I've, I've learned, you know, we're just recently, and I have to, I'll say it, and we're on, we're being taped. And it's going on the internet, and I'm finding out that there's actually people that listen to our broadcast. And uh, uh, that's a good, that's a blessing and a curse. And uh, I said, I said some things in recent weeks and recent months, and I found out, then I found out certain somebody looks into the messages. It's like, oh boy, I can't tattle or gossip like I do behind the scenes, and any longer people are going to hear me say, that, oh, I think he's talking about me. And uh, so I'm hoping that certain people aren't listening to this. But I will say this, that, that oftentimes it's the regular working. We, talked to, we preached a message on widows last week, last Sunday morning. It's the widow that gives to the house of God, the work of God. Uh, I will say this, and I could get in trouble here, but I'm going to tell you what happened. We had that septic system problem six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, whatever it was. Man, that, 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 that slapped us upside the head, so to speak. That really hurt us. $12,000 we weren't expecting to spend, pay out. And some people might have thought, well, how come we didn't plan for this? Well, we didn't know we were going to have a septic problem to begin with. But that's beside the point. It happened, and we had to pay the money. And, and I think it was just, just a little over 12000 change. I made that one phone call, calling post call. And the first check I got was for $1,000 from one of our widow ladies in our church. And when you, if you knew who, which one of the widow ladies, you'd say, and I'm tattling, they're not here tonight, so I'll use them. I was shocked. I was astounded. I said, where did they get this money at? And uh, they don't have it. And uh, they live very humbly, very frugally, to say the very least. That's usually, here's the part, it's not the rich man that normally gives to the work of God, it's the poor man. It's the widow's might that gives over and over and over again. And this is so true and so germane when it comes to faith promise giving. The fact is that the Bible says there's a law of sowing and reaping. One more time, verse 6. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also how? Sparingly. And he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Uh, I think of, uh, I'm, I have a hard time with names now. Who's uh, Berkshire Hathaway? Who is that guy? What's his name again? No, no, not, no, Warren Buffett, thank you. That's who I'm looking for. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett's a billionaire, multi-billionaire. He's made his money off other people's money. He's learned to invest. He had nothing. He drives an old pickup truck. From what I understand, he goes to McDonald's every day and buys a $2.75 breakfast. Depending on how good the market's done, if he feels like sports, he buys a $3 breakfast. He's a, he's a multi-billionaire. But it's not the Warren Buffetts of the world. It's not the Jeff Bezoses of the world that give towards world missions. It's the widows of the world. It's the poor. It's, the, it's the, the poor churches of Macedonia and the poor churches of, if we could say it this way, Northwest Connecticut that give to the world missions. And that, and some spoke so sparingly, some so, so uh, bountifully. And one day there'll be a great reaping. To back to the application, just before we move on, Warren Buffett has reaped bountifully, but it's all on this earth. All on this earth. 
See, we're not, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Our bounty, our reaping is not on this side of glory for the most part. Our, bounty, our reaping in, in bounty is on the other side of glory. We mentioned a slave this morning here in, in 1 Timothy 6. Many times there will be many slaves, Christian slaves, when we get to heaven that are going to have rewards far greater than their masters had, their Christian masters had on, on planet earth because they sowed, they sowed bountifully on earth. And so I want you to notice uh, a simple fact, but then verse number 7, notice a spiritual fact. Every man, let's read it together again, ready? The whole verse together, ready? Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. We've always believed in free will giving around here, and the Bible teaches that. The need to give from a, free, a heart of free will, not coercion. God, every man, the Bible says, every man as he purposes in his heart. That's every man, every woman, every teenager. You've got a purpose in your heart what you're going to give towards the work of God and towards faith promise missions for a period of one year. It's not up to me to coerce you. It's not up to me to do the proverbial arm twisting. It's not up to me to find out how much you're giving. That's up to you and God. And you purpose in your heart what God would have you to give, of course. And uh, where does God look? He looks at the heart. And our, our faith promise giving, of course, uh, five truths about faith promise giving. It's, it's a personal giving, every man. You give, it's a personal thing between you and God. It's a planned giving as he purposes in his heart. You, you decide in your heart what you're going to give. It's a persistent giving, so let him give. In our case, we do it for a period, most churches do it for a period of one year. It's a positive giving, not grudgingly, but cheerfully, for God loveth a cheerful giving, a giver rather. And it's, and it's a proving giving, and verse number eight tells us that, because God's able to make all grace abound unto you. And so, God loveth a cheerful giver. There was a man, some thought him mad, the more he gave, Bunyan said, the more he had. And you give not to get. And by the way, giving to get is the lowest motivation for giving. Now, it's, it's, it's a byproduct oftentimes, but we don't give to get. We give to the, the joy and the thrill of giving to begin with. And we'll talk about that as we get to the last verses of our chapter here. So we see a simple fact, verse 6. We see a spiritual fact, verse, verse 7 and 8. Look at verse number 8 now. And God is able... Just sing it with me real quickly. He's able, he's able, I know he is able, I know my Lord is able to carry me through. He's able, he's able, I know he is able, I know my Lord is able to carry me through. We'll end it there, amen, thank you, good singing. And God is able, he's able to make all grace abound unto you, that ye having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. And so we see this, this spiritual fact that God is able, he sees our heart, he sees, uh, that, uh, he sees our love, he sees our lavish, he, 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 he looks and he sees and he, and he realizes when we give, we give out of our uh, bounty and we give out of our poverty. But then we see not only a simple fact, verse number 6, and a spiritual fact, verses 7 and 8, but then lastly, this, this morning in my three-point outline, or this evening in my three-point outline, notice a scriptural fact, verse number 9. 
As it is written, he that hath dispersed abroad, that's what Faith Promise Missions is doing. He hath given to the poor, notice what it says, his righteousness remaineth forever. Glenn and Eve Williamson are our newest missionaries to get to the field. I think they, they just got there in the last week or so, or they're going in the next week or so, maybe two weeks out. I read their prayer letter, and I remember somewhere right around this time, they're either on the plane or getting on the plane here, head to Ukraine. And we had a part, and we have a part, $75 a month part in getting them to the mission field of Ukraine. They've already got a base over there. They were there for a number of years. Many of you already know the story. They came back. They've been back here for 10, 12 years. They're older missionaries. They're going back to the field. And they're going to reap. They've got a core of people that they can start with that uh, they left. They're going to uh, uh, track them down right off the bat. They've been in contact with them, and they're looking forward to getting back and getting uh, uh, a vibrant work started and uh, running again and so forth. And we are dispersing abroad to the country of Ukraine, or uh, we are dispersing abroad to the country of Russia and with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Nancy Butkovich, with Peru, with Lee Johnson, and on and on we could go with our missionaries, Alan Hart in Mozambique, and on we could go. And the Bible says, And he hath given to the poor his righteousness remaineth forever. I have next to my Bible a personal note I wrote down Hebrews 6.10. For God is not unfaithful to forget your work of righteousness in which you have labored to the saints and do, or, and do minister to the saints. God's not for, going to forget our righteousness. Our righteousness remains forever. They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament of the stars and as the stars forever and ever. God sees our righteousness. Verse number 9, or verse number 10 rather, now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both ministereth bread for your food, and multiply your seed sowing, sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. God's keeping score. God's keeping track. Uh, hopefully everybody here, even kids, learned the principle. I don't know how many people learn this anymore, but to start a savings account when you're young, and to start a, uh, a savings IRA or 401k or 403b or whatever you have, to plan for the future and then watch it grow. Hopefully you start when you're young and then the 20s go by and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and you have something to fall back and you, you, you begin to reap what you sow. And one day, we're, right now, we're, we're investing. We're sowing seed. And hopefully we're sowing bountifully. And it says, verse number 11, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness which causes us through causes through us thanksgiving to God God loves a cheerful giver God we're happy to give liberally bountifully out of sincerity out of simplicity out of generosity uh, we're able to give to the work of God and we actually enjoy it for the administration of this service not only supplieth the want or the lack of the saints but the but it's abundant also by many thanksgiving unto God. Then verse 13. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men and by your prayers for you which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in, in, in you. 
And we see the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ back in, back in, in fact, just turn there, I have to turn there my page again to chapter 8. And look at verse number 9 for a moment. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. That's the context as we see this, verse, this chapter ending in verse number 14, back to chapter 9. The exceeding grace of God in you. And then we get to that wonderful verse, thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. We think what the Lord Jesus did, I love to say it, he came from the highest of the high to the lowest of the low. He who had all became nothing that we might be, be found in him. He, we see in the Lord Jesus Christ the unspeakable love that thought it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his very best. We see in the life of Jesus the unspeakable life that brought it. He came unto his own. His own received him not, but he stayed faithful. You know, a lot of our missions money that we give, it seems like, you know, we have missionaries go and uh, we mentioned the Messersmith this morning in London, England, and then, of course, your, your daughter, Alicia. Caleb's, Alicia, is that right? Alyssa, I'm sorry, Alyssa. And what's uh, Matt? No. Clark, I was close, Clark, one, one syllable. Clark and Alyssa, of course, their missionaries' uh, daughter and son-in-law in England. I've already mentioned this this morning, but England's a hard field. And, it, and, and uh, they're investing, they're giving their lives in a very hard field, and they see very few souls saved. Some fields are like that. Lord Jesus came unto his own, his own received him not. But he gave his life and, and, and brought salvation to all that call upon him. Uh, this unspeakable gift, it's unspeakable in the love that thought it, it's unspeakable in the life that brought it, it's unspeakable in the death that wrought it. Jesus paid it all. He died on the cross for our sins. He died not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He died for people that don't care. We're giving, for, giving to people that don't care. I, well, I'll, I'll use it. My, my mom said just this morning, <laughs> she said, they don't have a computer. They don't have smartphones. But uh, my other relatives are listening to our mess, some of our messages now. Mom said, I kind of learned how to use, maybe I can hear your messages online. And I kind of chuckled a little bit, like, Mom, you need a computer, number one, to do that. You don't have a computer. And uh, you don't have internet at your house. And you don't have, but I didn't, I just, I just chuckled and said, that'd be nice, Mom, of course. But, uh, but Jesus, he gave his whole life. He died to bring us salvation. What an unspeakable gift. And then this unspeakable joy that, that taught it. But thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. And there's, he came to give us life and give us more abundantly. I think we'll go to heaven and I think, uh, don't you think heaven will be a happy place? What do you think? <laughs> I, you think it may be sad, sad in heaven? You think there'll be gloom and doom in heaven? Sad and so, sadness and sorrow and sickness and crying? No, none of that will be in heaven. The heaven's going to be a happy place. Heaven's going to be a wonderful place. And so I just close with this, this thought here tonight here. I want to... Uh, what faith promise giving does for the church, it does a lot of things, but it builds our faith, number one. I got a bunch of Fs going. I got seven Fs I want to give to you. It builds our faith. It builds our fire. And that, uh, give me all my lamps, the song said. Keep me burning, burning, burning. It builds our fire for the things of God. We're in the greatest work in all the world. It builds our fellowship. We're in this camaraderie together. And we're, we're all rowing in the same direction. 
It builds finances. You say, what do you mean by that, preacher? And I really believe that because of our faithful giving to the world missions, faith promised missions, that God supplies our other needs that we have, the lights to turn on. Oh, by the way, it just popped in my head. I just want to say this. I made a big blunder Wednesday night. I made some silly statement that was, uh, I did the math, and I said, oh, we're way off on that one. I said we spend more money on electricity than we do uh, missions. That's not true. That's not even close. And I, I, I extrapolated my, I did my math wrong. We spend a lot of money on lights, I'll say that, but not as much as, not even as close as what we give to missions on, a, on a, any given month, of course. But it, it helps supply our finances. It uh, builds the field. And uh, Brother Ray and I got a task this week here, and it's really Brother Ray, 99%, and me, 1%. I just got to locate the 21 missionaries where they're at, and we're going to get our board all lit up by next Sunday morning. And uh, it builds our field, 21 missionaries and counting, of course. And, and admittedly, one time we used to have a lot more missionaries than that, and we look forward to uh, a day when we can continue to grow. Now, I don't want to, I just, just, just take another one-minute rabbit trail here. It just popped in my head. Uh, I was with some serious consultants on Wednesday. I've alluded to several times already this morning. And they're very well versed in what's happening in New England churches and churches around America. And faith promise or grace giving is, is they're afraid and the, 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 the numbers are showing it that there's going to be an economic decline. In fact, they use the word an apocalypse uh, coming because now young people, I don't want to hurt you. I say that all the time. But because the young people don't understand the faithfulness and the need to, to give faithfully and perform the doing of it for over a course of many years. And it's a long-term commitment, of course, in the area of grace giving and keeping missionaries and getting missionaries to the field and keeping them on the field. But uh, faith promise giving builds faith. It builds fire. It builds fellowship. It builds finances. It builds the field. It builds the future. God gives us God's presence. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. It gives God's peace. And then finally... It builds final rewards. In just a moment here, we'll sing that famous song here in just a minute here. It, uh, it will be worth it all when we see Christ. One day we'll say, uh, maybe we'll get to heaven and maybe you can get to chide me and say, Preacher, why don't you preach more on faith, promise, giving? Why don't you preach more on challenging us to step up by faith? Because uh, without faith it's impossible to please him. And when we step up by faith, God blesses us in a great way. I want you to get, begin praying You've got 10 days out now. I wanted to just, didn't want to wait till the last minute. 10 days to begin to pray as we begin our Faith Promise Missions Conference. Lord, what would you have me to do for a period of one year starting two Sundays from now when we have our Faith Promise Missions official Sunday and then two and three Sundays from now when we close up our last Faith Promise giving. But may God bless us bountifully and maybe we see when we get to heaven, maybe we sing the song and not it will be worth it all, but it was worth it all to serve Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. Lord, thank you for our missionaries around the globe tonight. Lord, literally around, uh, around the earth tonight. And we thank you, Lord, for each one of them and we pray for them as we did this morning and yesterday morning in men's prayer time, specifically, individually. Keep them safe, bless them, and keep them from Satan's uh, emissaries. May give them fruit for their labors. Uh, Lord, may you provide all their needs according to your riches and glory. You may help us perform the doing of what you call us to do. Lord, have your will and way in our hearts and lives. Begin to work now, even tonight, Lord, as we're just uh, two weeks out or ten days out from our, our missions conference, Lord. Use it greatly to speak to our hearts. I pray for our other members, Lord, that 
many that are not here tonight, Lord, we pray that you'd work in their hearts as well and that God as a team, we might throw out the lifeline across the dark wave and we'll thank you for it, Lord. Help us to rescue the perishing, care for the dying. We have so little time. Help us to be about your business, we pray and ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Page two it is as we stand together, page two tonight. Until then, my heart will go on singing.